This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Now it's time to die, you old hag. You've found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. I'm not a killer. I'm an S-Mart employee. And to kill a co-worker is against company policy. But you tried to kill me, so now I must say goodbye. I'm sorry, Linda, but now you Listening to TV Eight, my dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Hey, greetings. <laughs> Hello. Oh, you just like threw me off because I was going to do something yeah, funny, and it was like didn't say anything at all. Like, hey, I'm what? Greg. How you doing? What, so, what threw you off? I don't understand. Well, you were kind of like, hey. Oh, hey. oh okay. Oh, how, how are you? It doesn't take <laughs> much to throw Greg off. No. I sound very like enthusiastic when the show comes up, and then I introduce you guys. You're like, "What's going on?" It's or hard because you're all like, "Well, about TV my dinner, it's Brooks." I'm like, "Hey, how's it going, everybody? Glad to be here." All right. <laughs> and then we're like, "Hey, yeah, hey, you're back on the Gator, Brooks and Greg." All right. Talking about stuff, junk thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're back on the Gator. Is it too late to change the name of the show just to The Gator? Or for tonight, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you make a bumper, we we can't talk games. we can't talk about that anymore because apparently that caused you know some heartache hey, we, on the we apparently uh, on the forums discussion. I don't know there was heartache. That wasn't the Gator's we fault. We provoked a more profound discussion than I had intended when we were telling our our. Tourette syndrome story. That 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 wasn't even at the Gator. That wasn't the one across the hall, though. The Gator is a whole different story. So it's, it was. Well, it's all. They were chapters of the same story. And by the way, it wasn't called the Gator. That's, it was the dude was named Gator. No, that guy Gator, was, was called Gator. I right? guarantee you that guy's name was Gator. I did not make that up. All right. Well, I, I'm pretty well, sure his it's name not was Taz. Of for a country music DJ to be called Gator. I remember Whatever. that guy, and I think they called him Taz. Well, don't say his real... Well, I guess that wasn't his real name. That's sort of like... No, that wasn't his real name. It's like after the Tasmanian Devil, because that's a big country nonsense. Well, whatever, man. Well, I, I like Gator. No, I agree. I, I think Gator is a better story, so you should stick with that. But sometimes... <laughs> when I'm writing my memoirs, they become fiction, because my memory, my memory is so... Gator's actually so a pretty deluded. awesome nickname. Gator. It's like bacon. <laughs> Name's Bacon. I had a, a dream the other night where I was um, watching a gangster movie or something, and one of the guys' name was Chaperone. I thought that was kind of a cool Chaperone. nickname for some reason. <laughs> it sounds awesome. sounds kind of neat, even though it doesn't mean it, anything it cool. It doesn't make any sense yeah, at all. Chaperone. <laughs> like I used to call my fist the pallbearers. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> they carry you to your grave. <laughs> That's what you say right before a fight. Meet the pallbearers. And then as they're dying, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> well, you gotta have a Save lunch, a seat for you, me. 
you know you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> Might as well have the best lines. The At some point tonight. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I said the other day I did that Joe Dirt thing to my brother. He, I guess he's never seen the movie. You know where he, he says, you got a problem? Back. Step up to the microphone. And put your, I got a backup you know, mic right here. What's up? He thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of good lines. I know that's not that's not an oft-appreciated film, but <laughs> there are a lot of good moments in it. I, I like the Joe Dirt. <laughs> At some yeah. point tonight we're going to attempt to talk about musicals. It's going to be funny. Because we're this not knowledgeable we know. about musicals. We, we know nothing about and musicals. And that's not something that to be just of. sing randomly. I think Pretty that not being knowledgeable about musicals is actually something to be proud of. Because uh, if you're too knowledgeable about musicals, that, that says a lot about you. Casts you in a light, apparently. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to, you know, disparage people that, that are into the musicals. I know a lot of people. Of course, I, I will say I've never been to a real musical. I've been to, like, college presentations of of you know I know I would actually love cabaret and stuff like that I've never been to a Broadway musical if I'd gone to one of those maybe I'd be blown away by the spectacle of it and stuff and I'm sure there are people that enjoy it for that but but the actual music itself and the stories Mm -hmm. don't know typically work for me but we'll get into that well see now so you're gonna make me sound gay because I've I've been to several. I never said uh, gay. You said gay. <laughs> We're trying not to make it look like musicals appeal to any kind of people of certain persuasions. Well, me, I mean, that, I'll, that, I'll say fancy lad instead. Let me let oh, me that's restart sex, that because that's not at all offensive. <laughs> it, actually, it isn't because it's such a stupid thing to say. Like that's what I like about fancy lad is such a, it's it's a completely inoffensive term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me say that. Okay. So let me. Okay. This is take two of that. Well, you're going to make me sound like a fancy lad because I've been to several. Really? By yourself or with your wife? Yeah. No. With you no. and other and other men of your gay persuasion. I like how I baited you in the. <laughs> I mean, because if you've been with your wife, that that's a reasonable that's a reasonable a thing. <laughs> no one's going to blame you if you've gone with your wife because I mean that's most guys that get drug into these things you know but did you enjoy it that's the question i did enjoy it so if we didn't enjoy it why i mean why are we even talking about it but you know yeah i support you on this now i'm not a big fan of of necessarily like the mainstream musicals like the andrew lloyd weber stuff i imagine seeing that stuff live is is a lot of fun Mm -hmm. but like the sweeney todd i didn't like that like a lot of the music and musicals i don't i don't don't think that musicals work in the cinema I can't think of any instance where a musical works as well in a cinema environment that it would in a live environment. Rocky Horror, I don't know about competing with a live environment, but I think Rocky Horror Picture Show was a great musical movie. Ugh. I think if there's an element, th- this is Let's why I think Let's get into the free that- talk first, because we're, I can, I can debate that. <laughs> but we have a couple things I, I'm sure that we can talk about before let's, we get into the... Let's do some free talk before I say let's, your yeah, four let's crap. Let's before I, from before I get my, my anger all... all let's go ahead and do up. the straight talk. This whole episode's a wash. I saw one thing that um, will fit well into the straight thing. I saw a documentary. It's streaming on Netflix about strippers that formed a union, I guess, at the around 1990. It's pretty funny how 1990 it is, too. You look at their haircuts and their clothes. You're like, oh, my God. It's funny. At the time, we didn't. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but I look now. I was like, whoa. People how wore stripper some... chic has actually changed. Well, just that they, I mean, they dress just like normal people do. I mean, they had all the different kinds, just like normal uh, fashion. Anyway, 
it, it's it, it was not entertaining enough for me to finish it so i'll say that of course i started it pretty late at night but um i was kind of surprised at how unattractive the girls were i mean i don't want to sound mean but well you know they were forming a union <laughs> but i was like saying, is this what girls the... that can make it as free agents you know don't have to uh, this is Unionize. just another example of me being kind of un unhip with things but i've never been to a strip club i'm not ashamed of that i'm not it's just not my thing but I was watching this going, is this what strippers look like? Really? Wow. And then Melissa reminded me, she's watching one of these. This isn't, this wasn't an actual strip club. This place called the Lusty Lady in San Francisco. <laughs> and what it is, it's one of those peep show deals where they kind of stand in a room and you put a quarter in a slot and a little window opens up or whatever. Ooh, that's now, just I have never been to anything like that. Like, like that I know people keep issue. acting Melissa and stuff. Everyone kept acting like that somehow was worse than a strip club. But to me, it's, I think, yeah, it's, it seems it's, a, it's, it's less salacious or whatever to me because you're you're separated by the glass you're not able to touch them yeah, but and that's stuff. what makes it weird because you can you know how whatever. is that any different than because and if you go to uh, the, somehow the episode just <laughs> just 180 into this but <laughs> but if you go to a strip club with your 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 friends like not i do go to a strip club by himself that's a different scenario altogether but just if a bunch of guys are going to a strip club they're just basically going to act stupid and it's there's not even there's not even a legitimate sexual element to it really it's really like going to a theme park you know oh, where i, I like, don't think that you know true. where there's like a person in a goofy outfit you don't think that's goofy you know there's a separation you know it's not real and i and i think that to the, and obviously we've known people who don't hold that opinion of strip clubs and you know they think that yeah, that's going to lead I, to something I think or there are quite a few people that But that, I think most of the time when guys go to a strip club it's just a novelty. And really the the idea of it is is sort of overshadowed by that novelty. So but these peep shows have one purpose and it's disgusting. <laughs> like what for the most part <laughs> Sad that I have to say for the they most were showing part, these guys. Ninety-five percent of the time, that's not going to happen. There's a couple a of guys that that work at it. It's all girls, of course, except for like two or three dudes, and they're, I guess they're called the assistants. So they join the union too, but the, the, one of their jobs is to clean out the booze. And I was like, oh my mm, god, yeah, see, that's yeah. The how much are you paid for, brother? What did they oh, call yeah, it in the uh, clerks? They, uh, they can't say what they call. Thanks it. for sharing that. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> exactly. I like how we, we try so hard to step around things and then Greg just throws it right in front of us. That's why that's why the episodes we record for two hours, we get a show that's like an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> a heavy, heavy At any rate, these girls were not that attractive. And I don't want to be mean, but I'm glad that they're able to do this kind of work order. They kept referring to it as the, the sex industry. And, and this one lady who was like, I don't know. She was really into. That doesn't really put asses in the seats when you call it the gross industry. Well, the, she's like this new agey kind of girl, and and she had this hemp clothes and on. So she's like, it's really important that women are empowered to start their own businesses in the sex industry and stuff. And she's like, and she actually said, I provide what I consider a spiritual service to I men. I objectify myself. She's like, I provide a spiritual thing. service. <laughs> and I just felt so like bad. I was like, do you? And then they showed. I guess this is clever editing. Then they'll show like the the booth and the guy in it, like just looking at through the window from there. Uh, the girls, you know, they see the they can see the guy, and they show him, and he's just like his tongue hanging out. And it's like oh, he God. looks like he's having a enjoying a spiritual service. That's no, what he came there for to renew his spirit in the in the ways of the ancients. 
the strip club <laughs> versus yeah really this is how our forefathers used to whack it it just i feel bad when when girls justify things well look what it, what makes me mad about that is there's a sort of hypocrisy to that like cuz they don't have to justify it if that's what you want to do with yourself you're in charge of yourself that that's fine you don't have to make it into a spiritual experience for anybody but peep peep shows are to strip clubs what porn theaters are to porn videos <laughs> you know what i mean like the but line they can that see doesn't the get guys. i mean i i just i didn't assume that things were going on in there because i mean that you could see the guys so the windows were i guess the guys not, aren't bothered see, by that. actually i think it's the other way around like porn videos are like the are like the peep shows because like the porn no, movies and the strip shows are all public venues you really can't do what you have the or urge to do <laughs> yeah, that's what i was saying porn venues. theater and porn and and peep shows are the same thing Watching a porn video in in your house is more like going to a strip club because that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No, well, I'm, no. See, I disagree because like a porn <laughs> theater. I can't believe we're having this. Is, I am sorry. Is I a public this up. venue. You really, it, yeah. unless, I mean, we you, start talking about musicals, and this is what happens. You're breaking the law when you when you you know whip it out at a porn theater, just like you would <laughs> at a strip club, right? I guess that's true, but what I mean is the uh, I guess porn. That's uh, not a good example, I guess, because all porn is gross. See, Victor. well, I think it's I called I Live Nude that. Ladies Unite. If if you guys want to check it out, <laughs> like, I don't recommend that you check it out or anything. It's not that interesting. Like that, we had this long conversation about a movie that you don't recommend. Well, I'm just saying. I also saw um, The Unborn. I don't know if you've seen the ads for that movie. <laughs> That also has a girl who's running around in her undies for no reason. Yeah, yeah, a in, lot of that. The, I the watched the trailer. unrated version, and I'm like, come on, guys. There is nothing in this movie that is – I mean, we've had this. It just unrated, means – yeah. It, Ooh, bra and panties. Yeah. Unrated. It doesn't even show bra. I mean, she's in <laughs> panties a lot, but it never shows her even in like in a bra kind of situation. So. I love it. <clears throat> but it's funny how a movie can like that, like, again – it's professionally made. It's very well made, and yet it just there. I can't think of anything inherently stupid about it, but it just wasn't that interesting. It it, it, it was very generic. It 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 seemed like it was kind of riffing off a bunch of other movies, and it. I know, and it looked like in the commercials it had what might be some interesting visuals, but it looked so kind of like CG that. You know, the people walking backwards, it's already yeah, been done well, that's in what I'm saying. It's it, already been done. In, everything in you see is like it's already been done. It wasn't new. And it does the thing that so many of these movies do that drive me crazy. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and ruin the plot because, you know, spoiler alert. If anybody Ooh, wants yeah, to watch cares. it, just tune ahead for like two minutes yeah, until the show here. Really just, yeah, if you haven't already tuned out. But this this demon thing that is haunting this girl's family keeps trying to come into their children or whatever, and this girl is born. Is that the story? Well, there's like this – yeah. It, I thought she ate her twin, and who hasn't done that? It's a little <laughs> more complicated than that. Like her great – her grandmother was in Auschwitz or whatever, and they were experimenting oh, on her and her twin brother, and her twin brother dies. But then he comes back, 
and apparently he's been his body is taken by this demon thing and they, it's wildly the, elaborate yeah and they kill the kid and so ever since then the demon is like haunting their family trying to come back every time a kid is a kid is born and especially attracted the twins for whatever reason so they keep having twins but when when she was this girl's in the womb with her twin brother somehow her umbilical cord gets wrapped around that one's neck and he dies but he wants to be born so he I know at some point after like 20 years she's grown up now she's like you know walking around in her panties and stuff and all of a sudden this thing starts tries starts to come back to into her life in and what it does is it, it just like and it keeps warning her because it possesses this little kid he's telling her you know everyone they they keep saying you know it will try to get to everyone in your life to to make you vulnerable or whatever it'll kill everybody you know or whatever so the uh, baby she babysit die babysits dies and her best friend dies and this is after by the way after her mom commits suicide her, okay baby dies her best friend dies her grandmother oh, dies then they do an exorcism and it's uh like two priests and like eight other people because there's ten people that surround her in a circle one of them's her boyfriend during the exorcism all but the priest die <laughs> I mean, boyfriend, oh the other priest, they all die. <laughs> so and it's a feel good movie. Well, I'm just Read saying. Read the writing on the wall, honey. I mean, I'm just saying everyone's dead except her and the priest, and then the the demon goes away. But then she finds out she's pregnant with twins. But but what bothers <laughs> me is like, okay, her father leaves early in the movie to go on a business trip, so she's that's why she's alone in the house all this time, and it never shows her father coming back. But at some point, at the end of the movie, it just shows her jogging, and she finds out she's pregnant. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Do the police? Well, I mean, she's jogging, and then it cuts away. You know, she's thinking about her trip to the doctor. Just showing her jogging, (laughs) a little bouncy, bouncy. I don't know. It's the the movie starts with her jogging. I guess it's just trying to tie it together. But it anyway. (laughs) Cycle, you know. What bothers me in movies is that they there is no effort to explain like. Do the police not show up at some point and ask why there's eight dead bodies in this place? <laughs> People die. Not to mention her best friend who just died very mysteriously, a stabbing wound. And you know, kid. a kid. Don't forget the baby. That she babysits that died. Her grandmother that just died. No one stops to ask. And, of course, her boyfriend's one of the people. No one stops to ask why there's literally like 11 dead people around this girl within the space of a week. No, of course not. It, it happens. And then her dad comes back. It doesn't show this, but I can just imagine her dad comes back. It's like, you know, she she breaks the house to pieces, by the way. She breaks all the mirrors and stuff because the baby's coming through the mirrors. And he comes home. It's like, why are all the mirrors broken? And he's like, wait a minute. You're pregnant? By who? Your boyfriend? Where is he? He's dead? What? <laughs> Your grandmother's dead? Did every, I mean, all this happens while he's away. And uh, they act like it's nothing at the end of the movie. It's like, come on. Come on, show some consequences. It would be awesome if they had a risky business scene at the end where she gets it all put back together before he gets home. (laughs) Or it does like a... um, Hey, you know, sometimes you just have to see. Does a... the fudge. God, what's that that movie where they, they... to keep the dead body alive so they can party at his house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Does that with her boyfriend or something so the dad doesn't suspect. They never show consequences in movies. You know, really, that girl would be in jail or she'd be in some serious... I watch enough CSI. Yeah, I watch enough Law and Order. You know, that prosecutor would be like, I'm going, I'm throwing the book at her. I'm going after her. This is going to make my career. Yeah, that sounds like something I would not enjoy. Only, you know, here's something that sticks in my craw from what you mentioned. Doesn't it seem like demons and ghosts are always haunting the wrong people? It's like, okay, so I was tortured at Auschwitz, 
and so your ghost is going to haunt my family forever? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's some not Nazis, fair. man. I know you like. I'm sure they got twins every now and then. They're the master race. They've got, they got to split a, a fetus at some point. Or an egg, I guess. Split fetuses don't make twins. Well, ghosts aren't. I, 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 well, you got to just assume, I guess, that demons aren't the nicest people, and they're not going to be all. What's dumb is the thing is, the whole movie, it's like, it's trying to get into our world. And in the movie, it possesses like eight people. It's like, well, it's in the world. It's already possessing all these other, what's wrong with them? No, it wants to. It wants a baby. That's all. What always happens? I think vanity always gets the demons because all the all these movies where they they want to possess somebody, it's always about finding the right body. Remember that movie Shocker, that Wes Craven movie? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all he does through the whole movie is just he possesses bodies, but instead of just possessing a body and just running off into the fields, of course he possesses a body and tries to kill the kid. That that I don't know, help get him caught. It's like, why not just accept that this is your actual revenge and go off and, and do your thing? Well, you just get a feeling like, these nope, bad nope, guy nope. demons just, they have a real strong, oh, no, you didn't attitude. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> oh, no, you yeah, didn't. Teach, teach him a lesson. Squash that. It, the fact that you live forever isn't lesson enough for humankind. No. Mm-mm. I'm going to kill every person you know, and then I'm going to possess you and become you somehow. I am going to hassle you until you inevitably destroy me. That's what I do. That's how I do. How I roll. Can't help it. Yeah, that's how we demons roll, all right? <laughs> we do not go quietly into the night. We do not give up without a fight. And this movie also does a thing I, that annoys me. Also do not win the fight. A Hollywood thing that, that her house, of course, that she lives in is like this huge mansion, like Biltmore Estate-like thing. And then the the retirement home, nursing home that her grandmother lives in looks like a castle. And then the insane asylum that her mom killed herself in literally looks like a cathedral castle. Everything in this place looks so rich. Like, what kind of insane asylum looks that nice? None. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it. None. Well, that's her Nowhere problem. Everything's gothic around her. I'll tell you that. It's just it's just sad when they can't None like, of the imagine facilities that this I've could ever happen. Been to. No, this couldn't possibly happen to poor people. <laughs> Why would a demon want to possess a poor person? Yeah. I mean, use your head. Who would want to watch a movie about a poor who, person who getting would possessed want to be by born a demon? into the world a poor person? That would be just bad thinking on the demon's part. Those demons are like, you know, these people have it pretty sweet. <laughs> Here I am in hell. Somebody's going to pay for this. Bullcorn. So. Straight bullcorn. There. I've, I've said my piece. Don't watch that movie either. Okay. Got it. Can't say I've seen anything that I would recommend for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I've watched lately. Did I mention, I don't believe I did mention that I saw Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. The one set in like Nazi Germany kind of thing? No, you're thinking of, uh, not, it wasn't Kenneth, it wasn't Hamlet. What did they do? Oh, um, uh, Richard III. That was Ian McKellen was in it. Richard III. Yeah, yeah. Ian McKellen was in it. I have actually not seen that, but I think, I have not seen that. Did you hear how I did that? (laughs) Not seen. I have have not seen that, to be, to be honest with you. (laughs) No. (laughs) But I've heard nothing but good things. You know, I'm, I'm very dubious of attempts to, in any way, that's not a full modernization, but the attempts to modernize like Shakespeare uh, always worry me, but I've heard nothing but good things about that. And it looks cool. 
But no, this is said I think in the in the 18th or 19th century. He did bring it up, but he so didn't it is fully modernized, it. just not yeah. fully. But. Yeah, and it, and it works visually. I just think, and, and Lynn and I have, have talked about this at length already, but but um, the the idea of the actor director I think is part of the problem because Brana is real bad about wanting to make heroes out of the characters. Like he directs these films and he always plays the titular character, and I, I you know Hamlet's not a hero. I think this movie has a bad. Well, maybe not to you. Well, actually, to me, he is more of a hero because I relate to Hamlet, and and I think that's like the relatability who has of Hamlet. Not wanted to kill their mom and uncle or whatever. But what I mean <laughs> is Hamlet is the, is the angry teen, which is funny because he's always played by forty-year-olds in movies. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but Hamlet is like <laughs> come the, back what from he school, is. have you forty-year-old man? He's the literary representation of that angry teen, you know, the angry young man, you know, and he's consumed by madness. Like he's a wonderful anti-hero. But he's not heroic. I don't know. I, I think it's a beautiful movie, but I think Branna just doesn't get. Actually, if you've ever seen the the Franco Zeffirelli adaptation with Mel Gibson in it, who is also way too old for the yeah, part. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that very much. Really? I thought they I did a, the a theater, much better job. Remember. The tone of that was, I thought, much better. And the you know obvious they always have good people and I'm like the 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 Branna version has good people in it. Maybe it's just Mel Gibson that I that turned me off. I thought he did a good job in it. He just wasn't age appropriate for the character. Like you know Gertrude played by Glenn Close is like five years older than him. Yeah, in the movie for real, it was just weird. So, but but that's always the thing with Hamlet because they're wanting to find an established actor and they always get but really. Ethan Hawke was the only one who did like a young Hamlet, and I didn't like that movie. But at least they he could was have gotten like Heath Ledger. Now that I've seen the Joker, I think he could have, you know, because you got to have somebody that looks legitimately crazy. You know, that does well, the books. What are you reading? What, books, words, 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 or whatever. You know, that, everyone when, always tries to play the humor does, of it that. Looks irritating. Well, because you know it. When a young man is gripped by anger like that, even though it's ridiculous, you get it because everyone remembers being an angry young man to some degree. But when you see a 40-year-old man pouting, <laughs> having a fit, you're like, you know, dude, suck it up. It does it, – it, it makes more sense for Hamlet to be younger because he's written young. He's – everyone gets that idea of that character, and, and obviously Hamlet is, is – gripped by madness and he's thrown into a sort of impossible emotional situation that's the whole story but you really do have to have like Branna doesn't seem to get Hamlet very well at all except that he wears black well of course like he's doing all these big speeches and he's like zooming out and like the music is building it's like Hamlet is not an anthematic character at all he's tragic because he has the potential to be heroic or inspiring, but but he fails in that. That's what all the great tragic heroes of Shakespeare plays have, that they have the potential to be great, but they have failings of character that prevent it. So I brought that from strippers to this I was going to say, you, I watch documentaries <laughs> about strippers and you watch so Hamlet. We did, we what did are you trying that. to prove? And I watch Man. Herbie movies. Woo! Four hours. Hey, I watch, I watch silly stuff. I'm just saying <laughs> I've got around to watching this, uh, this Hamlet movie. You go to hell. 
you go to hell and you die. die. Last episode, what we talk about, I watched a documentary about people who have sex with horses. <laughs> That's true. It's okay. And that was in the same weekend that I watched Hamlet. You know, I got, I got a lot of stuff going on. That's all I'm saying. You know, a lot of ins and outs and what have you. You know what's funny? You were talking about the unborn. The dad in the unborn is a classic Johnny drama. Johnny drama, Eddie Burns. Congratulations, Johnny. I have drama. There is the man. There is the legend. But only one who walks a certain career path has earned the right to become known as a real-life Johnny drama. Thank you, God. Victory! James Reamer plays the like dad in that movie. The girl's dad. I don't yeah. even remember him. He's barely well, in the movie. Well, he's well, he's in the trailer, which is one where I've seen him. But I mean, he was like a big guy in the '80s and a big bad guy. He was the bad guy in Forty Eight Hours. Oh, that's cool. And uh, he played Raiden in the second Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> so that role is built for Johnny Drama. That's a Johnny Drama role. Because didn't Jeffrey Meek, one of our early John dramas, he also played Raiden in the TV show. Good lord, man. So it's all Johnny dramas across the board have played Raiden. How sad. <laughs> Is that the official Johnny drama character? You have to play Raiden in order to be a Johnny drama? James Reamer was great in the 80s. He was in all the classic TV shows and all the classic action movies, and he even got a really bad, you know, action movie called Quiet Cool. Quiet, where he cool. played like that sounds this pretty renegade awesome. cop who ends up going into the country to b- bust up a marijuana ring. Really stupid. And it even has like I've got to I got to find it. Maybe if I can find it, maybe we'll play it in, on the episode. But it even ends with like this one of those classic '80s movie like themes where they actually make a song named after the movie. Quiet, <laughs> 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 cool. I love awesome. it. Awesome. Man, you don't get that enough anymore. You don't, yeah. You don't I get mean, that at all anymore. When was the last the time 80s, I've done that? Yeah. Checking Johnny Drama Database. I don't know why they don't do that anymore because, I mean, I would buy the soundtrack to get those songs. I mean, did, I love it. Do do people buy soundtracks anymore? I guess. It, do people buy CDs collection. anymore? Yeah, that's the real question. Well, apparently, I heard that Zach Braff 
won a Grammy for putting together the the, the soundtrack to Garden State, yeah. which is a great movie and a great soundtrack. But it seems strange to me that he won a Grammy for best compilation. It's like, I mean, this guy essentially made a mixed mix CD. I yeah. <laughs> got a Grammy. That like, is kind of weird. He basically got a Grammy for having good, good taste in music. That's basically the industry was like, you like awesome songs. Here's a statue. That is pretty weird. I didn't realize that was a category. Well, Grammys. Don't get me started on Grammys. That, that's a whole. I could. I could go off. <laughs> At any rate, you said don't get me started on musicals because you were going to go off. I don't know yeah, why but you wanted Grammys to go off make on me musicals. way angry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of weird rage. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, musicals. You you kind of brought segue us into that talking about. I tried these, to bring us back around. You know, well, you're talking about the the shows having music that mentioned the movie title and it <laughs> talking so, about music and movies so musicals <laughs> I don't think they work well in the theater and uh, you were saying that Rocky Horror is an exception I, I don't think that Rocky Horror works all that well in the theater as a movie it, it, if it works at all it's only because Tim Curry is, is so interesting and charming as a character and I did like I like Sarandon in it too I thought she was fun but well, like all the people. I think of, I don't know. I, it's, I, you can't make a broad statement that that well, no, musicals made into movies are, are not as good when they become movies. Because I think there are examples of some that are good and some that are not. Well, give me some examples of yeah. some that are good. Uh, the Grease, I think, is a good one. Uh, a good people movie. Like it. A good movie. Gre- and probably people like better it than who the, like the. Yeah, people like the play and they like that movie. I'm not a big Grease fan. Well, now, see, I, I like, you know, I, I will see. This is where we're going to get really confused. I actually like the music in Greece better than I do most any other musical. Maybe it's just because it's kind of a rock and roll kind of thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't but think I really like some musical. of the songs you in Greece. Like the music in it. Generally, that was the point. Well, I'm just saying I don't typically like the music in musicals, but I did like some of the music you know, in Greece. It's I like funny the- you say that though, because that's exactly my beef with most musicals. I love the idea of musicals, and there are some musicals I really like, but I tend to like musicals on the fringe more because conventional musicals, mainstream musicals that people you know recognize as good musicals, I don't tend to like the music. And you yeah, know, obviously, I mean, and if that's you don't the like the music, how, yeah, you know, the music cold, <laughs> it falls short. That Sweeney Todd made me crazy, man. I couldn't watch it. And that is that is you know, it it falls in the same problems that I have with people that make comedy music, but don't spend any time actually making the music catchy on its own. People yeah. that like they they make joke songs, but they don't make the songs good. It, it the, people say, well, a musical. They're trying to tell a story and they sing the songs, but the songs have to be good. They have to be good on their own yeah, or it's the, not going to carry the, the story. The music is the language of that story. It's the narrative of that story. If the music doesn't succeed. I think a good musical is when like there's there's story set to music, but a lot of times you don't really even notice that the music begins. Like you're, you're wrapped up in the story and they start singing and it's it's just fluid and that you don't well, really yeah it's, if it's well skillfully but I think done that's it should. what they try to do and i think that kills a lot of musicals because it makes the music bounce around and meander to the point where it doesn't have you know music is mathematical 
Mm. You know, music has to have a sort of symmetry to it. And sometimes where they're trying to make, you know, and I guess this is a sort of the vague distinction between, you know, a a musical and like a a rock opera kind of thing. Because, you know, musicals do have dialogue interspersed between the songs. Whereas, you know, sometimes we've been talking a lot on the forum about a movie called Repo, the genetic opera, which Mm. is like a full on rock opera that has Anthony Stewart head from Buffy the Vampire Slayer in it. Giles is like the main guy in it. And it's like, it doesn't really have any dialogue because it is from start to finish, you know, they're doing music and they're doing the whole thing, you know, as a musical and in song. And I found it interesting, but at the same time, most people on the forum, especially just don't really like it because they can't get behind the music. And it's kind of cause the music bounces all around, you know, there's no, you can't have a soundtrack to something if it's one long song. You know what I mean? I mean, music has like to build no... and and lower. Yeah. It has to have dynamics. It has. It's done in acts and chapters, just like storytelling. So this is and why also, you don't like musicals. No, well, this I, is why I, I think musicals are hard. I, don't sell. I think I would like musicals if they were works of genius. I mean, if you know, I'm sure. Well, I think some of them are. I mean, you can definitely name one. <laughs> the Sound of Music is probably one of the best ones really? out there. Yeah. But here's mm. the thing, though. If in the case the of Rocky Horror Picture alive. Show, I have bought the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack like three times. And for some weird running gag that I have, I'm always losing it or breaking it. But it's it's I go through that CD faster than Spinal Tap goes through drummers. <laughs> but it's, you know... Because as an album, I really do enjoy listening to it. So that, to me, is a successful musical. I can watch that movie, and I enjoy the movie, but I can also separately listen to the soundtrack and enjoy the music uh, The problem itself. I have just with Rocky Heart is that I really like the music and stuff for the roughly the first half. And then by the end, I don't know, I've just burned out on it. I don't know. I don't know if the songs at the end aren't as good or if it just gets a little too weird towards the end or something, but to me, it reaches Rocky a Horror point every time. Musical when oddity I'm watching that movie, I, like the music. I never... Go ahead, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, better than the story. Yeah, I, I, I can't hardly stand to watch the movie, but the music is really good. Well, I mean, in fact, I think that would be stronger for a musical. A musical, if you said I like the music better than the movie, that... If they had to choose one, that should be what they have. You wouldn't want to say, I liked the movie okay, but the music was crap because it's a musical. You know? <laughs> it it's like you be. would hope we started I mean, with you good think music they'd first. Make the effort to make both good, but I can well, hardly I get through Rocky Horror like all the way. By the time well, that. I agree with Greg that the music is stronger in the first half than the second half, and that's why if the music's Actually, not as Brooke strong, then the movie's strong. But- well, I agree with whoever <laughs> says what I think, I guess. I saw a musical based on the Bat Boy one time. You know the Bat Boy from the Weekly mm. World News? Oh, yeah. I heard I know, about I that. I wanted to see that musical. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Is the music fun? Yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, it wasn't, you know, anything you'd probably... It's not one of those that you'd want to listen to outside of the musical, I don't think. But it was okay. It's kind well, of a cute concept. In the, Musicals the, are hampered in that if the, if the people writing these songs feel that they have written something that's really really catchy they're probably not going to want to put it in a musical they're probably going to release it as a commercial song i mean there I are know. exceptions like but some I of the andrew lloyd Webber songs and stuff yeah I there's a style to I that song i don't know writing, if it, though. i mean like, i think you, know, you write in the context some, of what you're doing i don't i you know i i would find it highly doubtful that 
somebody is writing songs for a musical and then they write one so good that they just keep it to the side and say, oh, I want to release that one as a single. You know, I I would hope they wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know. I don't it's know. just such a big business. So you got to have some big hits in the musicals themselves, too. you got to have some big numbers that people remember. But they got to so be it, songs you'd want to sing. I don't know. I got a soft spot. Like, you know, I like the Little Shop of Horrors musical. Mm. I, almost, I can't think of any of the I songs think, in it. I think that, I definitely that, like that, that theme the song. songs better than the movie, actually. I enjoyed a lot of the songs. I don't know. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I kind of realize I'm a musical fan. I like uh, I like a lot <laughs> All of them. Right. There's a lot of this things you're starting to realize about yourself, well, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, we're learning I guess, more about I guess that other. makes me a fancy <laughs> lad. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, there's all kinds of good ones, and ones that, that have been made into movies that are really good. The King and I is a good one. Uh, it, it, what are it, some songs from The King and I? Give us a number. Oh, let me think. Um, Belt it out. I know there's one big one that I just can't think of what it is. It's the, um, uh, yeah. How do you solve a problem like Marie? That's no, that sound of no. music. I don't, uh, know the, I don't know the mainstream ones at all. Oh man, I can't. I can't Midnight think. Midnight and the kitties are sleeping. Oh, that's cats. <laughs> um, I can't. You know, I honestly can't remember any of the songs from The King and I. It's just a good. That one's just a good story. There is a big one. There's a big song from The King and I. Yeah. I know. One that I, normal I, people I, have I, heard. Yeah, I don't know why. I, none of mm. us can think of it because. Because we're not musical fans, but <laughs> well, I like, it'll, like I said, it'll I like the fringe later. ones. You know, I have been listening to the Evil Dead musical soundtrack all week. Like after we talked about it on the forum, I actually bought it, and I really enjoy it. I I would love to see this this play. It sounds like a like a great fun. The Evil Dead musical. Yeah, they made a, a stage play of Evil Dead as a musical. <laughs> And apparently it toured Canada, and now it's like in China or something. Been, yeah, I'm sure very, it's doing very well. Way off Broadway. Apparently they made a Lord of the Rings musical, too, which they released uh, not... Right there with I mean, the Star Trek opera? To- totally unrelated to the movie series, but it came out not long afterwards, and it just, you know, it didn't last long. The greatest adventure is there if you're bold. I do like that the one. Hobbit soundtrack. I don't know if that's considered a musical. <laughs> that song is not in the Hobbit Brave soundtrack. little Hobbit of them all. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, we have been talking about this on the forum, and I can't remember what thread, like, led to this, but we started talking about what we wanted out of the Hobbit movie. And there is a great consensus that, that we enjoy the Rankin-Bass animated Hobbit. You know, and the the spirit of it. I, I I know for sure I would not have read The Hobbit if I hadn't seen that cartoon as a kid. And the music of it is, you know, Jules Bass was like a folk singer. You know, he was writing all like the the songs to those things, and you could tell like they were making musical numbers out of things that they, there wasn't even music to in the books. Like even Return of the King has like these big musical numbers where the orcs are singing and stuff. Awesome. I was re-listening to it, and it's it's got some really creepy songs in it. Stuff that if you modernized a little musically and stuff, it 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 would it, you wouldn't know it was from The Hobbit. How's one go? Oh, I can't remember the melody, but like the song about you can't kill a spider that can't catch a fly, or you know, it's talking about these spiders that this big blind spider or whatever. It's some really creepy stuff. Well, that's a creepy part of the book. Bilbo. I don't. I want. that lyrically, it, it's it's pretty interesting and strong. It's not. It's not. Well, it's not I really cheesy. think you know. To it's me, not cartoony. 
you could take the music from that and put it into a live action version because I really think you know the the dwarf songs and all that that far over misty mountains gold you know like they had like these really <laughs> broad like how well, moody songs. I got a feeling that would tank pretty bad though any kind well, of live action with singing in it I don't think people would be behind that you got to work it in in right places they can't sing for no reason but are there any live action musical movies that have come out at all I know they're all Disney movies are like musicals now but Repo what now? <laughs> Repo the Genetic Opera was from the producers of Saw. Uh, they made a music, they made a movie based on you know Rent that movie. Yeah, and that tanked, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting to know, know you, you getting, getting to know, know all about you. That's from The King and I. But yeah. Man, the funny thing is that, and I don't have a problem with this, but genre and. and Genre musicals are much more popular. Like every movie Trey Parker's made has been a musical. The South Park movie was a musical. <laughs> yeah, Team but America they're not live musical. action. You know, I'm saying that well, they're, Team they're animated is too. Arguably. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. The Census <laughs> Cannibal movie or whatever. I don't think they haven't done yeah. live action. And that one, the musical. not successful. I don't think that people are into the well, live musical very much. To defend Trey Parker. Cannibal the Musical is probably the most successful trauma movie. <laughs> well, mostly because it's attached to his name, though, not on well, the strength of the movie. It's a the good movie, movie itself. The sky is blue and all the grass is green. <laughs> My heart man, is those warm guys, as like, a baked potato. I typically don't like their music stuff, but man, and except when they're doing the rock and roll parody. Like when they're doing uh, Team America was all the music and that was awesome because they're really parroting that kind of... And he likes musicals. I don't know what it is about cartoons. Even The Simpsons, Family Guy. I love those shows, but they are obsessed with doing musical numbers and I don't enjoy those. I've never enjoyed any musical number on Simpsons or Family Guy, I don't think. The Simpsons did an but they do it where all they the made time. a musical out of Planet of the Apes. I thought that was good. <laughs> I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers. I just don't understand their obsession with with doing that. Well, like, I think why it's because think... you've created a surreal world. Like the rules are different. They feel like they can get away with a musical number in a cartoon, where it becomes way weirder. Yeah, no one wants to action. see that live action. I mean, the cop rock mess. We... Cop rock. I'm glad you brought up cop rock. How awesome was well, that? Well, it was this inevitable. Is, uh, Steve. This was back in the 80s, I guess the late 80s. Stephen Bochco, who was like an un, like unprecedented hit maker. Like he did L.A. Law and, and Hill Street Blues and these huge like cop and lawyer like dramas that were big hits. Came up with this show called Cop Rock, where it was a cop drama like Hill Street Blues or any other kind of cop drama, except every now and then. They this is a big except. Breaking the song. Only <laughs> the Stephen Bochco would do something have. like that. 
Man, you got to YouTube, see if you can find some cop rock clips, because, oh my god, it was awesome. I mean, you, I mean every week. I know why it didn't last, but I was sad, because, Lord. That was, Man, you got to hand it to him. It was a bold television. experiment, to be sure. Yeah, I mean, he could, I mean, he could afford to have a, a flop Do like that. Do they really so. think that that was going to succeed, though? I just, it's a good example of how, when a person is successful enough, they'll let him try anything. Because they're, they're like, you know, well, if it doesn't work, you know, he's still got L.A. Law. Yeah. <laughs> the name itself is, is is would give pause, I would think. It's a cop rock. Cop rock. Musicals have, have had a weird flirtation with the mainstream, which is why I think horror musicals and comedy musicals have more – are sort of more – pervasive like they they sort of manage to get in to the public consciousness more because you're already willing to accept oh it's a joke or it's a novelty but when you're watching a regular movie and people just start singing you're supposed to take it seriously i don't think people buy into that as much yeah no way Uh yeah it is a little harder i think in the the theater as opposed to at at a at a broadway show but i don't know good ones still do it i think uh um, I think there's something exciting about musicals. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I I don't like a lot of the ones that come out, but I love the idea of musicals. I, I like the the more mainstream ones. You know, Phantom of the Opera, and I don't like Cats. What are some songs but, from Phantom of the Opera? Uh, Music of the Night, Think of Me. Uh, See, I don't know these songs. So do they have music, any songs that are part of the, night, of the culture? You know. I mean, How I, does Music of the Night go? To the music of the night. No, not like that. Like that? <laughs> <laughs> Silently your senses abandon their defenses. Damn, that's pretty good. I don't know that. <laughs> well, why just stop? I don't know that song Help at all. That's the best. resist the notes I write. You'd know if you heard it. Awesome. I like how you say you'd know if you heard it as though we have not. No. <laughs> you'd know if you heard it. Isn't it interesting and weird yet. how musical numbers have become a part of the culture, all the older ones, to where someone like me knows them? Man, like I know, know memories. You know. I will tell you this. Like, I know I that song. At, I was at a wedding about three months ago. Yeah, right around. It was Easter weekend. I was at a wedding. And, you know, they had the reception, and they had, like, a DJ playing songs and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, they start playing this song from Greece, And, like, you know, the girls are singing to it and doing all the dance moves and all that. It was like, watch. It was like being in a musical. All the dance moves. <laughs> all their fancy pants dance stuff. But, you know, it, something about, I think it, it's somewhere along the line. Not everyone. I understand. But I think to some degree, most people in their hearts wish the world worked that way a little bit. <laughs> where you just started singing and dancing for no reason. And everybody at all. knew all the moves. Yeah, like in not another teen movie where they do one of those elaborate prom dance numbers and someone's like, you know, you wouldn't have guessed that everyone at this school is a professional dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all doing them in sync and everything. <laughs> it's beautiful. But I think everybody wants that. Man, if you could just walk to work and just burst in a song and all of a sudden everyone's singing and dancing and moving around. If that could just happen one time, that'd be awesome. It would be a joyful world. But it could be an irritating world, too. It depends. <laughs> Buffy had that episode where where uh, 
they they had a musical episode, but it was because there was a, a spell cast where people had to burst in the song. Like it was within the story, and they were all freaked out. They were singing and dancing for no reason. That's it would be I strange. It that was, guy's obsessed with music too, like musicals. He's good at it. Wait, well, like not only was the Buffy yeah. musical fun, but Doctor Horrible was a lot of See, fun. What, is yeah. that, what does that tell you? Some of the brightest minds what in about Hollywood that theme like song musicals. For uh, Firefly, though, <laughs> I think that's Take awesome, me man. Out a little country song for a sci-fi show. How, how cool is that? I love that song. Me too. Take my love. Take my lamb. <laughs> Take me where <laughs> I can. Would you listen to it if it weren't from the show? If it just came on the radio, would you care. listen to that? Well, it doesn't matter now. I would. Like once you've established the proper context, I'm just saying that you know, does it stand as a song, or is it only because you like the show that you like the song? That's what I wonder about a lot of musicals. You know, but I mean, like, the, what makes musicals somewhat brilliant is that by supplying a context, they do make the music endearing, if the context or the music is in well. Any and it's way, just like you know, you know a, um, a song from a movie. Burn I mean, the, the land and boil the sea. Well, the, well the, you can take the sky from me. Those songs, when you listen to them, they take you back to the movie or to the to the play or whatever. You know, they you, create a feeling, which yeah. is what music's supposed to do. Right. I feel good. Like I'm not a big fan of musicals, but when I see one that I like or hear the music from one that I like, it you know it makes me feel good. You know, it makes you. You know, it puts you in it. What musicals do, if they're done well, is put you in that moment, that that feeling that they've created. You know, it's very personal. Whereas, you know, you're obviously you have a personal relationship with a song if you identify with a song, or a movie as well. But musicals combine that where they actually, it's sort of, and that's what Heart, Rocky Horror Picture Show really, actually, literally started inviting the audience participation. And musicals do that. They actually draw you in where you actually feel like, you know, singing and dancing along with the movie. Like it, like it's a real thing. Like it's happening. As opposed to just something you're passively observing. I think that's what I like about karaoke, man. That's what I think it's, it's healthy for people. <laughs> karaoke it is gets healthy you in. Well, you do, why don't you put some karaoke up I've been meaning to. i got to find the music. I... I uh, we did a little karaoke in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Like a night in the shining armor. Did, didn't you have a, isn't there a site you told me about that has karaoke music that you can get? I think I put a link on the forum, but I mean, all I did was Google karaoke and I found some. It seems like if you really have a specific song in mind, just put that song karaoke on Google and you'll find something. There's all these sites. Some people even found sites where it, it even had the bouncing ball you could follow, like a, a true karaoke. I didn't find that. I was faking it. <laughs> Which I think is clear. Yeah, well, if you know the song, you don't need that nonsense. It's hard. It's hard. Of course, Brooks does his own stuff. So <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, I actually have to read the lyrics when I'm doing my own songs because I'm so nervous about singing that I, I can't concentrate on remembering all the words. I like Jesus Christ Superstar. That's something Andrew got me into. That's a good and, one. Um, that's a, I really that's like the music Weber, to that. Isn't it? Yeah. Is it? That one song, I think. I, I, I really know. like the music to it. That one song is one of my favorite songs of all time. That, um, shoot. The one with the that? weird back masking. Yeah. Um, Everything's All Right, I think is what it's called. 
It's a really pretty melody in that song. I, I, I'd like to cover that song sometimes. I actually like. There's a good. There's a good movie adaptation of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, it's pretty fun to watch. I like the movie a lot. It's so seventies hippie. It's very <laughs> so, weird. <you> know. <laughs> Jesus. But, but Jesus Christ Superstar is it's weird, so man. It's it's awesome. I have I've got that vinyl. That's a good. It's a good rock opera. I would say. I, mm-hmm. I don't consider that a musical so much. It's like a good rock opera. I would say that that that's what they're shooting for. Like I said, the subtle difference is in the amount of music because a rock opera practically tells the whole story with music, if not all. Whereas a musical will be like the regular narrative of a normal movie and then break in the song. Like if you were from another planet, you started watching one of our movies, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> just all, it would be as weird as just someone in real life just start singing, my gift is my song. And this one's for you. Oh, Moulin Rouge, a, a big That's a musical. That, yeah. that is a great musical. Mm-hmm. Because I was forced to that? watch that. That was one right there. Well, they. Uh, you can tell everybody. That's not from of course, that's Moulin Elton Rouge. John's, well, the Moulin, they did Moulin it in, Rouge. I'm talking about the movie. They used. He. Well, Bob using Lerman, it in the movie does it. That's like a soundtrack choice. That's not a. Yeah, but he sings it. What Baz Luhrmann does in that movie that's awesome is he modernizes it by bringing modern music, but into the actual narrative style of a musical. They're not just putting these songs in there. I mean, he sings this Elton John song, and it works in the movie, in the scene. I guess, but to me, if it's not written as part of a musical, it's not really a musical song. I mean, that's more of just a performing... I don't know. If the I character sings the song as though it's the va- vocabulary of the movie, then it's a musical. The validity of the originality of the soundtrack is a whole different issue. You know, anytime you want to dance, you <laughs> just start singing, and I'll, I'll step. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Excuse me for getting about these things so I do. So did he just use a whole bunch of Helton John songs? It's the same song. No, that's not the same song. That's the same song I was just singing. I thought you were singing your song. I thought, yes. you, I thought you were singing Candles in the Wind at first for some reason. No. I hope you don't mind. He ruined that. I hope yeah. you don't mind. <laughs> that I put down in words. Man, you McGregor, dude. You're okay, really. So you McGregor is a cool dude. I want to punch him in the face. All right. First of all, you look <laughs> like you do. You're a great actor. You're a friggin' Jedi, and you can sing. It's like just and sucking he, he up motor- all the good genes. And he rides sure. motorcycles and he, and all he's around got that the world. Cool Scottish accent. I'm also too. Scottish. Oh, I will, I will smack your face. He's, he's like probably, a Highlander. Probably you'll kick my ass because you're already perfect. Well, he's Whatever. A Jedi. I'm gonna take this for everyone else because you have just, I don't know, you've ruined evolution for the rest of us. His uncle is Wedge. I mean, come I know, on, man. I was, I was also in Star Wars. Oh, were you really in Star Wars? <laughs> oh, were you also in Star Wars? <laughs> What's <laughs> big jerk? I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> well, he's been in a lot of crappy I movies, too. I could hate him. Yeah, with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, exactly. When he makes a crappy movie, he still gets to make out with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know what secret pain he has inside secret pain he may wish he was you <laughs> he may be listening to this podcast going Sean you're just 
You're so awesome. You don't even know. Yeah, I'm sure you're saying that. Yeah. Living alone with your dog. That's so <laughs> absurd that it's just, yeah. That doesn't even work as a joke. It just makes everyone Not sad. Making out with Scarlet Joanne. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's also we're going, Well, you know, you know, sometimes I get tired of making out with Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> sometimes I wish I was just a normal guy. Well, that's a sucky problem to have, getting tired of making out with Scarlet Johansson. I know. Sick of girls like that always wanting to make out with me and I get paid. <laughs> I've never seen him to like in the magazines or the shows as being portrayed as like a hot guy. Or is well, well as a jerk. Cool I actually think what's funny is he, he seems like, like him. He, I think he's probably actually a cool guy, which is, makes me makes me even mad. I'm just saying I, I don't. It's you like, know, oh, see where I hope you're funny. Like that. Are you he, also funny? Do you know girls that like him or something? I've never heard of a girl in my well, life. I mean, I don't know a girl that's anything. in love with you, McGregor specifically, but I don't know the, of a girl that doesn't like him. I'm, honestly, it's sense. not quite the issue that the one not girls like him. He's just cool. He's just one of these. I think cool the girls dudes, do like him. He's a good-looking dude. That's how I feel about Nathan Fillion, like, man. But he like, seems like Andrew he has used me. it all up. Like he has, he has all the. Like, can he also dance? It's like, I mean, he sings so awesome in that movie. It's like really? Nathan Fillion really? apparently plays Halo regularly with his friends as just a way to decompress and talk about the day or whatever. And and every now and then, his kids will be like, you sound like Nathan Fillion and making fun of him. And he's like, really? Who's that? And stuff. <laughs> it's like, man, I want to have Nathan Fillion on my friends list. I want to play, man. No, that's starting to sound a little pathetic. I'm constantly hearing about how, what a cool guy he is. Yeah, well, he doesn't return our emails. I'm not saying that makes him uncool. Did you he email probably him? never even, we sent him messages when we did the Fillion show. Oh, but I'm sure that. he gets like a bajillion messages, you know. Oh yeah, no doubt. I don't mind. I don't think he read it and went, "What a bunch of losers." <laughs> <laughs> I would. If someone did a show about me, I'd be like, "Don't you, don't you guys have someone better to make a show about?" I would love I mean, that. Is Ewan like, McGregor not available? I mean, finally, someone noticed. <laughs> yeah, like in The Simpsons when um <clears throat> they accidentally deliver the Nobel Prize to Homer or whatever. And he's like, what's that? He's like, it's the Nobel Peace Prize. He's like, oh, finally. <laughs> I like that attitude. Finally. I do like embracing when your you don't own even awesomeness. Know what it is. Most of the time, it's it's a defense mechanism, but it's still, I think it's necessary. You and McGregor the does these uh, documentaries where he rides motorcycles around the world with his buddy, this guy named Charlie Borman, who's you know, about as ugly as a foot, and uh, <laughs> yikes! And uh, I mean, it's kind of funny because just the it, contrast from the you know the Adonis like well, yeah, and they're, and they're such good friends and they're laughing and joking all the time. But then every once in a while, you and McGregor has to stop because like ten giggling girls come up and start you know asking for his autograph and stuff, and and then mm. just Charlie fades off into the background. <laughs> yes, I know, real sad. <laughs> friend, friend of McGregor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. You and McGregor and his pal. That's the entourage moment. Yeah. Where they're all just, look, I'm hanging out here because he can only end up with one of those girls, maybe two. <laughs> yeah. So the ratio is in my favor. <laughs> girls that would rather just have sex near him if that's the best they can do. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess that works. I don't know. Well, that's why I hang out with Greg. Hey, I know, man. What can I say? I'm a chick magnet. Mm-hmm. 
Because <laughs> of the pheromones. Because <laughs> of my beautiful singing voice. Because I'm putting the moan and pheromone. <laughs> the moan. And pheromone. <laughs> <laughs> like that make pheromone. Oh, oh man. Lord. That's not Musicals. That's what else that we got? That joke was Just... fine until I <laughs> yeah, forget two it. weeks ago. <laughs> that joke took on a tent that it didn't mean. Did you watch The Dr. Horrible? Whedon and them are kicking around the idea of doing... They're, they're definitely going to do a Dr. Horrible sequel. But they have this idea that they may try to Nurse shop horrible. it. Nurse Horrible. Yes. They may try to actually shop it as, as a film. As opposed to another internet well, project. if they're interested in making a flop, by all means. <laughs> I'm just saying musicals, live-action musicals... Not a good history yeah, there. Not recently. To, well, I don't know. Not recently. Well, In the old days, yeah. I can't see where know. it would be successful. Yeah, it's, it's just not, uh, there's just not enough of an audience for it. It'd be successful people, with his crowd. Well, sure, yeah. It'd make a bunch of money if they could do it on the screen. It'd be successful. I could see where it'd be successful for him because it would put the, the whole Dr. Horrible thing in a in a broader light and draw more people to it. I don't think, you know, for the people who are footing the bill to put that thing in theaters, they would see a return on that investment. But I think it would definitely be good for Whedon. I could see definitely, if I could find the financing and make a movie, sure I would. If someone gave me money, if a studio came and gave me money for anything, they're like, Vampire Babies, go. Like, sure. <laughs> I don't, no, we're not going to argue the relative merits of the film. Well, Vampire the man Babies gave me is a just check. a good idea. You know. I think Vampire Babies would be bankable. Vampire That's Babies a whole different thing. Oh my god. Vampire Babies. I dream of doing a musical. It gave me rabies. <laughs> Vampire Babies <laughs> exactly. must be stopped. Vampire Babies. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> well, me and Andrew started writing a musical called Magical Beast a while what back. What are we going to do go. about the Vampire Babies? <laughs> we could just <laughs> co-opt that into Vampire Babies for all the difference it makes. <laughs> How do you solve a problem like the Vampire, Vampire Babies? babies. <laughs> I do like some of the rock operas, like Tommy and stuff like that, but I don't really consider that the same thing. Well, I remember my friend Alicia was talking about the Tenacious D movie and how it's, you know, it's more or less a musical as well in a weird way, but how it opened with that really that musical number with meatloaf and everything and she was actually disappointed cause she was like in the first five minutes she's like this is going to be the movie i've been waiting for because she thought it's going to be like <laughs> tommy where you know just like like a rock opera all the way through and she was actually disappointed that it broke down to having a regular just narrative i'm not a big fan of of his musical yeah, stuff either like I, I i i like the intensity that he brings to things but the songs themselves are are rarely they're not very well thought out some of them strong. are good but you can tell that most of the tenacious d songs were like you know <laughs> they come up with a riff and then he just makes the lyrics up on the spot <laughs> I haven't. with rare exceptions some of their songs I, I like a lot like the tribute song i think is the one they do the most because it's very clever like the idea of the the tribute to the greatest song in the world, where they can't remember the actual greatest song in the world, is <laughs> a brilliant concept. And music's unique in that way, almost in that, like you could have a comic book with really bad art and still still find it to be a good comic and entertaining. You know, you can have a movie that is shot very badly, but still find it to be pretty good. You can have a book where the story is good, but the you know the 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 
the prose isn't perhaps the greatest and you'd still find some value in it but i can't think it, if the music's bad you just don't want to hear it well because the music is the point and you know you're never i can't think of a situation where you'd be listening to a song you're like well this music is really crappy but i like the lyrics a lot like because you'd never really hear them if if it turned you off immediately you'd never even hear it but you know i love what i one of the things i love about music is this is so much room for everybody you know whatever you enjoy there's room for it there's I think that's really cool, and I try not to, even though I'm always doing it, I try not to judge music and say, this is good, this is bad, just because I think so, because uh, God knows, I'm sure I'm into something that someone else thinks is horrible. Everyone has their own taste, so when I I say I don't like musicals, I'm I'm trying not to say that musicals are bad. I don't want people listening to think that I'm judging. I just don't enjoy them, typically, myself. I, I I love them. I I really do want to do. So I enjoy them. I think you know it just uh not all of them. I think it just just kind of depends. I think I've the... gotten turned off because I kind of grew up. Hmm. Not really grew up, but in like my early high school days is when Disney started making all these musicals, and I had I went and saw all those movies, hmm. you know, and I they just kind of cut on my nerves time and time again. Like the little teacups are singing and dancing and stuff. So? And, these big musical numbers <laughs> well the to me they weren't catchy songs Man, sour puss <laughs> I, I well i think like, maybe what, some people get turned off songs? by the whole disney element of it you know the, these kids musicals that aren't mm-hmm. you know but but it I just seems like they put the stuff. music numbers in there because they had to and not because they felt like it were the songs weren't catchy to me and the it's like we we need a musical number here write up a song or, or you know take five minutes and write a song uh, actually, those were written by Alan Menken and um, what's the other guy's name? One of them died. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, I mean, they won big awards for him. But well, I, they, you know, the Grammys don't mean anything, and neither do Tonys. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to judge, but really, all your awards be our are guest. Kind of... Be our guest. Put up, you know, to, to the test. If I had written that. I wouldn't. I, I don't even think I'd include it in my little album or whatever. I'd be like, this, this is kind of generic and <laughs> sing-songy. You know what I mean? It doesn't really because it's a musical but, and a cartoon you know, musical at ex- that. I know because they're singing a song. Well, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? There's, I, there's. The, I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying not to sound like a jerk, I, but I keep doing it because I am a jerk. I guess <laughs> it's like the jerkdom will always catch up to you, Brooks. <laughs> But melody is very important, and you can't just have like this sing-songy kind of melody and think that's okay to me. Well, you like, can't you have want a song, song that progress. it sounds like anybody could write. You know, melody melody is important, and it, and it's actually difficult. Something I actually like musicals in in a lot of ways because it sounds like musically they they're actually a lot more complex than the normal song that you would hear on the radio because because it's not driven by a particular like lead front person and it's not driven by a particular voice but they actually have to sort of meld multiple voices a lot of time you've got characters that that sing songs together and then they have to sort of bring it together and it has to tell a story but it also has to harmonize with each other it has to block and out a, as they move across the stage i mean it's yeah it's all i think that, that's yeah, a, that's, which they don't do in disney movies well, well, I'm just well, saying, I'm not in talking, a real musical that might be a lot i'm not a talking thing. about disney movies 
when they got well you should be when they get <laughs> Phil Collins to write songs for Tarzan I'm not counting oh that. my god and say you, I, I, I'll, I'll end well, with that, this and then you can go well, back to what yeah, you were they saying they did start to come let apart after a while and that was yeah. well, I was going to say let me go ahead and rip into this uh, just to get my rant out of my system wait what happened to Phil Collins and more importantly what happened to Elton John man the guy went from making like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, you know, just brilliant stuff, to you know the circle of life, the most generic stuff imaginable. Do, do you want me to tell you? Four Disney movies. Because I will tell you, because I've said this before. This is what happens to all of these guys. This is what happens to what, directors. They have kids, but he yes. didn't have kids. Well, whatever. They get Does even he? if you don't have kids, you get old to a point where you're wanting to sort of appeal to this this generation. You hear that, you know? Brooks? You got about. You know, eight and a half months left, and you're going to be a yeah, has-been. Yeah. I'm in trouble. If you intend to do anything of merit in your life, do it quickly. <laughs> oh, my Lord. No pressure. No, because but that's not true. Because it's you don't have to. There are plenty of people who have kids that don't succumb to that. But, I mean, whenever you hear these people who are like, well, I'm going to do this because my kids really like it. You always hear them in interviews where like, I wasn't going to do this. My kids, you know, talked me into it. It's like, dude. Your kids are going to grow be, up, and they're going to be your like, decisions for you? I know. Yeah, like, I wasn't going to buy this this pink, you know, crazy clown van, but my kids <laughs> exactly. really wanted it. You know, I didn't think we should have ice cream cake for dinner, but you know, my kids really thought it was a I good idea. I wasn't going to have my lawn replaced with a putt-putt course, <laughs> but the kids kind of wanted hey, to. That's that sounds awesome to me. Hold on. I might do yeah, that. Actually, <laughs> the kids might be on to something on that one. But you I'm just saying, some money on the side. when we trade the car in for an ice cream truck, the kids are going to outgrow thinking that's cool in a hurry. And they're going to be like, why did you listen to me? I was a kid. I was a five-year-old. Yeah. Now I weigh 500 pounds because we cry ice cream for dinner every night. <laughs> what? Circle oh, of life. You made a movie where you died and came back as a snowman? <laughs> Don't listen to me. Didn't you have an agent? Didn't you pay but that's someone? The musical stuff that bothers me. That that because it's just super generic. Well, yeah. Nonsense. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I did not mean to sound so cynical. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> Real musicals. I'm not going to judge that harshly because I haven't seen them. I don't them, think and it's I don't fair they, at all they to lump like Disney movies into okay, musicals. Okay. Well, next time we, a good one comes to the Fox, we're going. Did, yeah, because I can afford that. <laughs> Do they have um, Man of La Mancha? Expensive. I want to see you know, Man of La Mancha. That's not a poor man's thing to be into. Well, you're not well, a poor man either. Well, he saves well money. I'm not someone that can afford to drop like a hundred bucks to go see a musical. I'm not all a hundred bucks. You know what I miss though, and this is I think why I'm nostalgic for I have a soft spot for musicals. But we were talking about like TV themes and stuff like that. It seemed like you know in the '80s you had a TV theme. They actually sang the a theme song, yeah, yeah, about and you know in the movies it had like a, a thing at the end where they were actually singing the title of the movie. And I know it's stupid, but I I missed that. Man, it's Seinfeld's fault. I'm telling you, they were the first one. I guess it didn't have a theme song because even you know like the Friends theme. The Friends theme's really annoying, but that was in the same time period. They had a traditional theme song. I like the Friends one because it's so bleak. Your sort job's of, yeah. a joke, you broke, your love life's DOA. Like, slow down, Rembrandt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, I mean, they, I'm saying from the same time period, that was the last probably huge hit traditional theme song kind of, that when people hear the song, they associate it with the show. 
nowadays everything's a little instrumental number or nothing. Or they at don't all. have one. They have like a little yeah. thing, and they play the the title of the show, and then they don't even have an opening credit sequence. I I enjoy that. I'm glad. You know, it's. A, I'm not sorry that that the format of television shifted in that direction, but I do miss like you know the Fall Guys going on for like two and a half minutes or more. Uh, theme songs used to be long. They had more than one verse. Like, it's kind of weird when you think about like it. Like your average it's TV like, show you get back tired then. Of watching this? I mean, they they can't sell enough ad space for your average TV show from back then. Because like, yeah, we probably shot these things to be like forty minutes long. We filled it <laughs> I out. I just think that I guess people had more patience, less or higher attention spans. Because now I, I, I think, think that's what I worry a two about. Two minute intro would would make me when you go into this I'd second get up to make popcorn or they something. haven't even listed one member of the cast in the first verse of the theme song because i'm the unknown stuntman makes eastwood look so fine uh here's one we were looking for what i like it In the velvet darkness mm-hmm. of the blackest night, I like the um the little opening yeah. number. That science fiction. That's a good one. Double feature. Oh, that's a really good song. Yeah, that's actually a really pretty song. There's a Over at the Frankenstein place, there's a burning in the fireplace. There's a light, a light. (laughs) Don't let me stop you from just singing it all night. (laughs) We're trying to give people what they ask for. More singing. That's one of the... Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good song. But most of the songs are, are not as good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do agree. And I think most... most uh, For whatever weird reason, most musicals probably do break down this way, but it, it seems like the strong... It's almost like there are B-sides even in a musical soundtrack. Like where the stronger numbers are up front. Yeah, they top load them and then yeah. they have to fill it out. And you would think there would be a climactic moment, but I guess maybe they've gotten too story driven and the songs are too complex to stand alone. Or it's just filler, you know. <clears throat> you got to think making one of those is no different than making an album, and it's hard to make an album where every track is awesome. I mean, it, it there's no excuse not to. I don't like when bands have filler on their CDs. I, I really, wonder, though, really because. But it is you, hard you write a to song write and you think it's a good song, but you don't and think the it's an awesome no song, different. and you wonder, you know, should it never go on an album at all? Then, you know, it's a, pretty good, it's a pretty good song. You know, I mean, it's good that I think every song should be awesome, but then I have good songs. Maybe somebody might think this song is awesome. Is all. It's it depends what standard you set for yourself and what your fans expect of you and stuff. But I mean. There's a lot of I think a lot of bands when they put out these weird little EPs and B sides that have these odd experimental things on them. That's a lot of fun. People dig that. Well, that's but what the internet is I for now. Should, yeah, you should save your albums for your your best stuff. 
I try, you know, I don't want to make fun of people. See, here's the difference, though. Here's, here's the difference. I don't make fun of bands and people that aren't successful because they're like me. You know, I'm like, but if you're rich and famous, then you'd better be good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not going to have any patience for you if you're making and crap really, when you're making money at the same time. We've said it before, too. It's like, you know, if you're sitting at home, and this is, I, I won't get too deep into this, but I was watching Jamie Kennedy did a movie called Heckler, which actually ended up being more about critics in general and how he doesn't like them. But he is literally sitting in like a stone hot tub with Deep Roy complaining. <laughs> it's got like Deep Roy. What is Deep Roy? Deep Roy is like the, the midget from Star Trek or whatever. The, the little person. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? The, 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 well, I mean, he was a friggin' Chumbawamba. What are they called? From the Charlie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What are they? Hoopa Loopa, yeah. Chumbawamba. Pardon me for being stupid. <laughs> Mr. Hoopa Whoopa. That's that band you like. Mr. Lumba Pumba. The one hit wonders. <laughs> Wanda, Wanda, Hinda, Wonder. But anyway, but it struck me as funny because Deep Roy's like, look, man, look where we are. <laughs> in the middle of the day, we're in a hot tub drinking margaritas. <laughs> two, yeah, I mean, really, guys. Two dudes by ourselves. But whatever. Still pretty <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's why he's upset. He's like, where yeah, are the really? girls? Why am I, why am I only with famous Oompa Oompa? enough to have Deep Roy in my friggin' hot tub? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you do think, it's like, if you're sitting in your hot tub and you're thinking, man, TV ate my dinner, where do those guys get off? <laughs> then you have a problem. Because I'm in my living room talking about Son of the Mask. <laughs> I'm the one who should be mad. But yeah, I don't feel bad at all. Obviously, I think every time we we poke at people, we're trying to be fun and funny. But if like someone if were to take offense, I would think, you know, seriously. I, I would appreciate it. I'd listen to it and go, this isn't bad. I don't want people listening to my songs and saying, this guy sucks. Because, I mean, yeah, I suck. That's why I'm not famous. I know, this is my, you know? Yeah, I'm trying. This is where our first outing. On things. I mean, I, if if I were rich and famous, and you said I'd suck, then then I would I would take umbrage and say, you know, what what can I do better? Actually, yeah, I wouldn't even point, know like, it. I'm just, be in a hot tub I'm just with lucky Deep to Roy. find enough time to make anything at all. So I know, dude. I work I work 50 hours a week at a job I hate. Oh, <laughs> all right, sad. I come home. I come home exhausted. I spend half my weekends wondering what the hell went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cry regularly. <laughs> All right. Sometimes I just stare All at right. the mirror, going, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what happened? Uh, what did you this do? This is not my beautiful. This is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> I won't hear of your problems. He's looking in the mirror and going, "I hate you so." Much. What did you do? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't want to hear about Jamie Kennedy doesn't like that the guy at turdbucket.com called him a rape baby. (laughs) Yikes. That's pretty extreme, though. Some of these guys do say mean things. And they're jerks for it. No doubt. But seriously, you're a bajillionaire and arguably... You may or may not have made anything good. Suck it up. <laughs> you you won. 
you slip by. What if they're all right and you have no talent? Then then they're the losers and you're the winner. What are you worried about? That this this ten million dollar home is built on a lie. So Scram damn good you. lie. <laughs> yeah, so I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. I would too. If I were Y'all been hexed, America. <laughs> what is he worried about? No, I get that. I mean, sometimes you put your heart into things, you know, or whatever. But, but yeah, I'm with you. We don't make fun of the little guy. In fact, I, I, I think we try our best to sort of bring the little guys to light. I hope we do. Because we, we the little guys. We're the champions, of the little guy. Yeah, you don't get much littler than us. I mean, not physically, of course. <laughs> Seriously, we're tiny. I fit in a jar. I actually sleep in a matchbox. <laughs> like Tom and Jerry cartoons. Weird. I've got a hot tub. It's called a paper cup. <laughs> yeah, really. It's actually a tea saucer. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Hmm. I'm done. out of gas completely. Yeah, I think we can call this one. Squash that. That's one of my favorite things that someone's ever said on Cheaters. Because Cheaters is funny because these people will be ha- – you know the show. You're familiar with the show. It's I guess, about people right? who cheat on people and then a guy comes well, up like, and, and he talks all smarmy and then gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every episode. It's <laughs> crazy. These people are you know, going through what you would think would be a pretty heartrending thing. And, and some of them are really sad and stuff. But some of them just – like the girl will be like, bounce. You know, when she finds out, bounce. I'm like, that's what you say to your husband and your father of your children when you find out cheating? Just like, get your stuff and bounce. But this one guy, she was telling him to leave whatever. He's like, no, no, squash that. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, that's my new fun thing to say. Squash that, man. No, squash that. <laughs> so, there. I'm with you. I'm glad I shared that with you. <laughs> Why didn't I open the episode with roll out? <laughs> Time, you always want to do, you want to do that every week. I don't understand why you want to do that. I should start closing the show with that because I always think of it at the end. Entertainment Weekly. It doesn't have as I'm just glad the you momentum. Didn't. Entertainment Weekly had an article last week that said that they could have cut like uh, 86 minutes out of that movie and it been a lot better. 86 they, they, minutes. They made an itemized list of the stuff they could cut out. But it would have arguably been a lot shorter. <laughs> it would have been 96 minutes. Yeah, long. they could have. I I agree. They could have mm-hmm. cut some. I don't know about that. I don't that. know about Yeah, anyway. I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't get bored during the movie. I don't want to talk about it because I got but bored. I think, any, I think any movie you make, you could cut like tons. I'm glad that the, the two-hour-plus movie has returned, really. I don't like to see two-hour-plus comedies. That's pushing it. I don't like to see two-hour-plus suck. Yeah, well, you haven't seen it, have you? <laughs> well, let's not, get it, let's not get into a whole new conversation. We were, we were well on our way of exiting the episode. I was trying we to always happens. <laughs> Before this guy, more and more embarrassing. Wound down. Think of a song we can go out on. I, I'm just happy you guys didn't, especially Sean, didn't feel the need to sing everything you were going to say rhythm. Like, my favorite I musical is this music. one I've been listening to lately. I like You can ask for anything more. <laughs> like the idea of singing. This is why rock operas don't Sometimes work for you to sing, even though there's no melody. To be a woman. <laughs> I mean, but you know, really, Giving I will say this too, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a bad mood tonight. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going through my man times, my pre-men, pre-menstrual <laughs> times, or whatever. 
Going through but, your um, menstrual cycle. But like some of the most annoying songs in our culture come from musicals like I Can Do Anything, You Can Do yeah, Better. There are a lot of annoying do songs anything. that don't no, have you any can't. reason. Yes, for I me. can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I, I was mean, thinking no, of the Spice Girls yes, today. Really? Tell me what you want, what you really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, what I want. Like there's not even a story I'm behind surprised that. surprised that's not from a musical. <laughs> I Holy God. No, you can't. They yes, make I legally can. Blonde no, you into can. A yes, I can. I saw that. Man, I mean, I they saw that make, they did They that. made Springer into a musical. Anything can be a musical. It. It's, like, musical. it's like the hokey thing to do. It's like you find something hokey, That's why I like and then you the, make a musical the, out of it, the, and people the evil think dead it's candy thing. and fun. I, I seriously believe, instead of trying to do an Evil Dead 4 or doing an Evil Dead remake, they should just totally make an Evil Dead musical movie. I would, I, I would I, watch I would probably that. go see that. I would love that. Because I actually enjoy the music of the. I'm listening to the soundtrack and and, it, and it's and it's making me laugh. I'm enjoying it. I'm singing along. It's I'm make, singing the songs. It's making me laugh. I'm making I like to laugh. You. Some people like to laugh. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> like that. Can you do the whole episode in that voice next time? <laughs> weird, that creepy, almost Jerry Lewis kind of weird voice. I enjoy it when you do that's that. Like, it, it makes me laugh. I have like the leprechaun voice. We have like a little, because of the the way my parlor is designed, you know, there are some areas that it's not easy to play pool. I have a little stick. And every time we get that's what one, she we did. have to break out the you little stick. You have a little stick, do you? <laughs> it's a short it's a short pool, pool stick, but it's an actual pool stick. I have a short stick. Hmm. A, I'm hearing what you're really saying. The point is that when it comes time, <laughs> my buddy Stucky would just go, Little stick! Like, really excited. Like, so your buddy Stucky stick! would point at your little stick. <laughs> it sounds like a leprechaun. I'm not going to let this go. Get the little Break out the little stick. I guess it's, right, it's funnier in context. I'm through you circus animals. <laughs> Check out www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Check out tv8mydinner.com, even though there's not much there that you won't already. If you're listening to the show, you, you probably have been there, I'm, I, I'm guessing. Starship Troopers with Dinah Mayer. What's her name? Meyer. Yeah, hot. I got to get an. Is it Dinah? I, it's Dinah or Dina. We got to get a confirmation on pronunciation. I hate. We're trying to. We pushed her as a Johnny drama, and we can't even say her name, and it's embarrassing. Did you know that Oscar Meyer died? <laughs> no, I thought he died like in 1930. Like the actual Oscar Meyer. He, he was like 95. He was in a car wreck yeah. with Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> ugly, ugly scene. Lots that of ragout everywhere. Drinking and driving again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, All right then. Brooksy, just trying to enlighten you to a little. If, you if it was French and you poked at me, you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name's Brooks. I'm. Sorry. I'm Greg. And uh, it was something clever that we said earlier in the episode. I was going to repeat at the end. Must not have been that clever. Never mind. Like but, a night and shining on. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com.
groovy. Oh, I love legitimate theater. <laughs> <laughs>